Day in News Talk 1340 KROC AM at 96.9 FM. I'm Andy Brownell and I'm joined this morning by uh, probably a pretty tired Sheriff Kevin <laughs> Torgerson. Yeah, it takes a lot to get me tired, but plunge weekends do wear me out a little bit. And Super Bowl weekend too on top of that. So That's right, yes. Yeah, We're wrapping up everything. Is. So... You had fan, well, I guess if you, you know, anything in the early February that isn't a blizzard is probably going to be good, yeah, good weather yeah. for the plunge. Great weather, no doubt about it. I mean, that's the thing people think about. And, you know, this traditionally, as we've, we've tracked weather and all the numbers and things, all we've been doing all these years with our plunge here in Rochester and, and uh, traditionally across the state, it's kind of a, inside joke amongst all the plunge directors is uh our weekend that second weekend of february is is the coldest weekend and week of the year and this week we got lucky and it's been it's probably three weekends in our 23 year history that we've had actually tolerable weather <laughs> other than that it's been you know 30 to 40 mile an hour winds we had a blizzard one weekend and other other than that i mean it's just been brutally brutally cold i mean below zero kind of stuff and people always ask me you know when those weeks are coming up you know are we going to are you going to cancel are you going to postpone and i go I, we can't <laughs> we, we we there's there's 23 plunges around the state there's three plunges on our weekend and uh we have to do it we can't there's no way to say okay we'll do it next weekend or whatever um we have to do it and we have to stay open um and we don't care if people are look at it and go oh, there's no way i can do that that's fine but please come and turn in your pledges, your donations, because that's really what it's all about is that you still get your incentive items and all that. We, we you know, all that stuff is purchased way ahead of time. And uh, so it's 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 just a big process that we go through and and it's a huge uh, cooperative event with us and law enforcement and Special Olympics Minnesota. So just, uh, again, so happy with. What we see here in the Rochester, Olmsted County, Southeast Minnesota area, I mean, it's just amazing the, the different organizations, schools, businesses, law enforcement agencies that that pitch in and help and jump and, you know, suffer a little bit just, to, again, to help out people who each and every day, you know, Special Olympic athletes, uh, you know, deal with intellectual challenges and, and many also have physical challenges. So... Um, whatever we can do, my voice is even cracking. It's, be, it's a long weekend. <laughs> so, how how long have you been? Well, how long is the Rochester special? Yeah, well, we started. In, the, we keep. I, I'm kind of a stats nerd in that sense. So we started in 2002. 35 plungers raised $660, and um, my good buddy and partner in crime in this whole thing, Casey Reed, who's retired lieutenant with Rochester PD, we were coming back from a torch run executive council meeting up in the Twin Cities, um, and it was early March or late February that year. I think it was late February, and we had just met, and they, they had talked about this whole phenomenon about plunges and stuff, and and they had done one in white bear lake the year before and then again they had just did it and duluth had done one that year and so the big push was hey you guys 
this is a crazy event, but we think we've got something here. Wisconsin's been doing it and making a lot of money. And any time with me, you say Wisconsin's doing it better, <laughs> I'm in. And Casey and I were on our way home. And I, I remember exactly where we were when we kind of looked at each other as we're driving. Casey was driving and uh, we're going through those little up down hills just before Zimbroda coming back from the cities. And uh, just before Sherwood, the, the park and the campground there. And uh, we, we looked at each other as we're driving and like, we can do this. And then, then the next thing was, let's do it in a couple of weeks. We can throw this together. And well, that was the crazy <laughs> part. And we did. We uh, got a hold of the water ski club um, and some other crazy people and friends in law enforcement. And 35 people came and we didn't even cut a hole in the ice. The ice was, uh, it was in March. So the ice, we kind of, it was already uh, kind of receding off of the, it had been warm enough. And so we uh, walked in the water, climbed up on the ice to where we were up on the ice back and then jumped in and then came running back out again. And, and uh, that was the beginnings and <laughs> no tent on the ice. We had nothing on the ice cars. We just drove all our cars down onto the beach and, uh, uh, and we ran all the way up, stupidest idea we ever had, because we had to change. We're like, well, I'm going to change right here in a car on a beach. So we ran up to the, the uh, you know, the buildings on the top of the beach there at Foster Inn Park and uh, changed up there. By the time we got done, our clothes were frozen to the floor. We had to <laughs> kick our clothes loose because they were frozen and it was a cold day. And then the next year we did it again. We had a couple of tents, no heaters, just tents on the beach. It was blowing. It didn't matter. The tents were just blown all over. The flaps were flying and uh, cold as could be again, just brutally cold. And we're like, okay, we got to do something better. And, and uh, yeah, it's just constantly gotten better to now where plunger comfort is our number one goal. Every year. <laughs> we got the tents all heated and, and we got this thing called a turbo tunnel. For many years, we used hot tubs to uh, people would jump in. We had three hot tubs and they'd come running out of the water and jump in this really cool, you know, the hot tubs. It got kind of skunky and dirty after a while, but wasn't any worse than the water they had just been in. So we didn't care. And then uh, public health people got a little nervous about that problem. So we had to get rid of the hot tubs and we turned it all over. Now we've got this big inflatable tunnel that people come running into after they come out of the water called we call it the turbo tunnel because we got two big heaters blowers in there that just heat that thing it's like going from you know minnesota winter into uh, a tropical forest uh, within a matter of seconds so you get heated up really quick and the changing tents are heated well and and uh, it's just a great process and a lot of amazing volunteers as always you just can't do these things without great volunteers so I think you said you started out raising a few hundred bucks. Yeah. And now it's a couple hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. We, we've, uh, COVID year 2021 was our lowest in the last, oh man, goes back to 2010. So the last uh, 12, 13 years was our lowest. So COVID was 170,000. But every year we're right over uh, a quarter of a million every year. Um, our highest ever was 294,000. So our, our goal is always to get to 300,000. Um, we had 294,000 in 2020. So that was the right before COVID hit. 
uh, we we did it in February that year, and then of course we know that about a month later, um, COVID was shutting everything down, and we had 896 plungers that year, and as of uh, you know this this weekend again, we're over 900, and um, just so excited to you know wait until we get the full results, which we should have later today or to, or earlier later this week we'll have our final results from special Olympics minnesota because there's always money that comes in online okay and there's so much money that comes in and checks and and actual cash that people deliver it takes a little while to get that all recorded and and then we usually get another four to five thousand every year that comes in after the plunge um, people see me afterwards and go, man, I wanted to give you a check. And I still give you one. I'm like, you can give me a check. You bet. <laughs> Absolutely. I never say no. Yeah, so uh, I usually pull in another couple hundred um, dollars or so after the plunge in the next couple of weeks. So um, so anybody out there, you still want to donate, I'll take your money. It's all right. Drop it off to the sheriff's office. We'll turn it over to Special Olympics. So, uh, so we'll get these the- full new results out as soon as we can. But Again, just a fantastic year. So excited. And the weather was, oh, man, like it's hard to hard to say. It's so nice to have a nice weekend. Looking back, I remember there was one winter where you were fearful that you wouldn't have ice because oh, yeah. it was so mild. But then at the last minute, it got cold enough that the ice came yeah. in for you. Yeah, we've had that. We've had to build bridges, um, which, uh, you know, we're playing with that all the time, trying to consider, uh, worry about that. Cause right where the beach is at Foster Air and there's a spring that comes right out of the side of the hill, right out of the beach. And so there's a section of it to the left of the beach, to the left of where we always cut our big hole. Um, there's a spring there and there's always open water there. And, and then traditionally as it gets warmer, like it has this last week and stuff, then the water starts to recede. So then we've got to build a little bridge so people can get from the beach onto the ice pack, uh, which we had 13, 14 inches of ice out there at the, at the, the deep end there where people were jumping in again this weekend. So, um, you know, it's always good ice. We just got to get people there without getting them wet first. <laughs> yeah, that's having them get their blast of cold and then their warmth right away. Yeah. Otherwise, yep. they would be complaining. Um, yeah. So this has, over the years, raised millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, we're, uh, we'll be, after this weekend, just kind of predicting, we'll be getting even closer now, probably. Well, before this weekend, we were three, $3,430,690 is what we had raised over the 22 years of, or 20 years of plunging. And so this is our 21st year. And uh, so we'll be, uh, you know, just kind of predicting, like, well, easily over 260. Um, so uh, if we end up 275 or so or wherever, um, we'll be, uh, you know, close to 700,000, a little over 200 or 3 million, 700,000, somewhere in there. That's amazing. So, uh, three, and a, three and three quarter million dollars in uh, 20 years right here from Rochester. And the other thing, too, that we, we always it's kind of our bragging rights is uh, we have, and I think it's it holds true with everything. I am on the Salvation Army Board and a bunch of other things. Um, and it is without fail every year as we look at the plunge, per plunger amounts, the donations that each plunger brings in, the minimum is $75 to do these plunges. Um, Rochester plunge in general, so it's all of Southeast Minnesota coming in. 
um, is a uh, is always the leader in per plunger donations, um, which is just again phenomenal. We've got. I was looking the other day before I think it was last Wednesday or Thursday. I was looking. We have 12 people that have raised over three thousand dollars. Two people really close to four thousand um, dollars. That's before they turned in. So I don't know how much what they ended up. With. Wow. Um, but that's just their online money. But we had 12 or 13 people um, a couple of days before the plunge that had uh, have over three thousand dollars raised, um, and that's phenomenal. Um, of course, we have our super plungers too, and those. Uh, those amazing individuals, um, their minimum amount they have to raise is, raise is $3,000. So and we have that group of people, uh, the six of them this year that um, raised that amount of money. And wow. um, they just take great pride in that. And they jumped 24 times in 24 hours. Um, we, we tried in the early years when I first did it, the first three years uh, to do the super plunge. We we went and we set out the first year. There was two of us, myself and a young female deputy with our office at the time. She's not with us anymore, but uh, we we set out to jump once every hour. That was our goal throughout the the night, and it got down to eight below that night, and it was really windy. It was just horrible. I was having a blast. I was fine because okay. I was jumping in the sauna and I was doing I was running in around and stuff. I was fine. It was the volunteers who were just getting beat up. And, and so we quit then at 11 o'clock because it was eight below zero and windy. I don't know what the the wind chill was. And then we came back the next morning and did, I think we did a, a six jumps at like nine o'clock and six more jumps or something like that at 10 o'clock. And then we just shut down again and then we did a final jump. And, and that's what we, we did, tried to do the same thing the next year, a jump every hour and it got super cold again. And then we just said, forget it. We're just going to do a whole <laughs> bunch of multiple jumps, much as we can do on Friday night, regardless of the weather, we, we still fire away and then take the night off come back in the morning and then the super plunges jump a bunch of times in the morning. Again, the goal is to do 24 jumps in 24 yeah. hours. So I, I think that's still considered a super plunger. So that's how well, sure. it. And like you pointed out, the whole concept is fundraising for the special Olympics. It and, is. It's all about and, the athletes. Yeah. And if you have some fun doing it, although you, <laughs> you guys, your idea of fun is not mine, but that's it's well, great you're doing you know, it. When I used to teach Dare, I used to talk, we had a class we talked about uh, uh, good stress and bad stress. And uh, this is good stress. <laughs> it's crazy, uh, but it's still good stress because it's all about a good, good a good thing in the end. So it's, it's a fun time. So how much rest do you get before you have to start planning next year's? Oh, we, we talk about it right away, uh, you know, after we're done, uh, you know, things like this, these kind of events, you, can, you can't do it. And you hear that from everybody that plans large events like this. You have to be thinking about your next year right away. So we always set our date right away. It's uh, And we've locked down the second weekend of February every year. Well, so it's, not like you have a lot of uh, it's not like you have a lot of competition for using no. the beach. No, you know, we, we did have a great time the, those years that we had the thing called Winterfest going on with all kinds of nonprofits doing stuff, um, you know, and, and there's no doubt that I always felt bad all those years. There was some really neat events going on, and there still are some fun events that go on each year. But every time Winterfest would get going and then it would get cold and stuff, and then people, 
you know, the news media would come around and, well, well, what about the plunge? We want to talk to Kevin about the plunge. And I'm like, ah, talk about these other events. You know, we're, we're good. We're, we got enough publicity. We don't need any help. And uh, so it, it kind of felt bad that, you know, Winterfest did kind of fade away. And, but it was, it was really hard for some of those other events too. The, there were some fun ones, you know, that cardboard sled thing. And, and they're still doing that. Yep. And the golf thing. And, you know, the, the downtown people, they moved to a different weekend, I think, to get away from the plunge. The, uh, the uh, was that, the social ice thing. Um, they used to be on the same weekend as we were, and that kind of overshadowed them too. So um, even though it was completely different events. Um, well, there, there's something um, a little bit fascinating about people Jumping into really cold water in the middle of winter. It's uh, yeah, but the water is thirty. Andy, Andy, yeah, just well, had to remember the water is thirty-two degrees. Doesn't I, matter. Every time I jump, when it's super cold, I love it even more so when it's really cold. Like I jumped earlier this year up in in uh, Will, Wilmer Spicer. So I'm going around the state trying to jump in as many plunges as I can, um, just for the heck of it. Say I can do it, and and then also just to see the other plunges. And so earlier this year, I jumped at Wilmer, and it was minus one when I got when I parked my truck in the parking lot. I'm like, oh, this could hurt. And uh, it was really cold waiting and standing around and getting ready to jump. <laughs> you know, the adrenaline hits you, you jump, and the water is really nice when you hit it because it's 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 warm. It's, it's warmer degrees. than the air. I get it. It is. So, still- you know, it's, it looks crazy. Um, there's a great picture I put on social media, and you got to zoom in on it. It's me. I'm I'm doing my swan dive, belly flop, whatever. And if you you can zoom in behind the picture, and you can see some people in Wilmer standing behind, um, watching. And there's people with different kinds of expressions and stuff. Because this is early. There had been two groups of Special Olympic athletes and teams that had jumped before me, and then four young gals from uh, the Wilmer. Uh, Explorer post had jumped before me and everybody was doing little bunny hops and jumping in and screaming and ah, we're running out. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we got to set the standard here. So uh, I, I got the dive team and I had to go up and tell the dive team, guys, you need to get out of the way because I'm coming in and I'm I'm hitting hard. And they all kind of laughed and smiled and they backed off and then I, I hit the belly flop and there's a lady behind who's kind of like, looks like she's fixing her hat and then her hands go here and then the last picture is that as the splash hits, she's just got this face. Of course, you can see me. <laughs> you know, nobody out there in Radio Land can, but you got to go to my social media and my Facebook page and look for that picture. It's pretty funny there to see go. the expression on her face at minus one degrees. She's freezing like crazy, and I'm, I'm doing that fun well, stuff. <laughs> hats off to another successful weekend, another successful polar plunge. And uh, Thank you. And it's... Uh, well, I'll be looking forward to the summer with all the events that yeah. the money raised will pay for. It now does. We're completely moving out of this pandemic thing, knock yeah. on wood. So, Absolutely. Yeah, the we athletes, to, yeah, we got, I suppose we got to take a break, but the athletes, real quick, the athletes, uh, you know, they're competing. They just had snowshoeing a couple of weeks ago. Um, they compete year round. Track and field will be getting fired up into March and all the other events, basketball, swimming, I mean, they just go like crazy and it's so much fun. These events provide them the opportunities to do those things that they would normally not have. So that's what the beauty of it all is. So thank you to everybody who jumped. Thank you to everybody that donated. We really appreciate it. All right. We'll look forward later this week uh, to the final numbers. But we're talking with the sheriff, Kevin Torgerson, on Rochester today. We'll be back after this quick news break. 
on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. From the News Talk 13... Kevin Torgerson with us this morning. So uh, every year you put together an annual report and I saw it as part of your newsletter that you pick out every month. I'm on the email list. Yeah. Um, Is this something you present to the county board as well? No, um, we've, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll present to most of our uh, cities and stuff. I know the county board gets it. It gets released to them. So, you know, if they, they want questions or whatever, they can always ask me to come and talk to them about stuff. But usually we use this, then it kind of becomes, it gets talked about through the year as we start looking at budget requests for the coming year. Um, so uh, it uses this to kind of say, oh, these are our numbers. This is what we're doing. Um, and one of the things we we're kicking around now is actually putting uh, like a dashboard on our on the county website, the sheriff's office part of the website, with the county. So we're just meshed into the whole county website, but you know our page, uh, a dashboard that would uh, actually monthly put these numbers out there. So it would always be there. We really wouldn't need to, I mean, we'll still do a capture and annual report. It'll be released every, the first, uh, first try, we try to do it the first of February every year. Um, so it'll all be compiled and kind of in one place, the ones that we think are the, the highlights of the year. Um, but, uh, you know, for folks like you and the media and anyone else that's interested, you, you'll be able to go to this new dashboard. Hopefully we'll be able to get that done later this year. Um, and it'll have ongoing results just updated monthly with, mm. you know, the number of crimes, number of arrests, number of jail population, you know, um, bookings, you know, everything that is basically included in this new- newsletter slash annual report in February um, will be there right at your fingertips. So, um, the one thing know, I, one thing I took from it that caught me by surprise a little bit Yeah, was... If I read it right, you have more detention deputies than you have patrol deputies. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, okay. we have 81 licensed police, you know, officers or or deputies that uh, do the law enforcement part of our responsibilities as the sheriff's office, and 99 people in our detention center. Um, there's 90. I got to do the math here. There's uh, three. So 96 of them are actual detention deputies that their focus is always day-to-day detaining people and making sure they're safe and and well and and as healthy as possible. So they, you know, they're charged with really every need that any person would have when they're, um, you know, inside with us. So um, 96 people there. Yeah, we have 81 on the other side. 99 and now 97 totals. It's... uh, it's a big number. Um, it shows people, but much of your duties are the operating of that adult detention center. Yeah, yeah, it is. And that's not every county is like that. I mean, our, we take care of, uh, we have a contract at Dodge County. So Dodge County, if you look at those folks, uh, they just have law enforcement. They don't have a jail, so they don't have a detention right. center. Um, they, they house their people here through a contract that we have with them. Um, so, But they're unusual. Really, every other sheriff's office in the in the area here southeast minnesota has both sides of the office and uh pretty comparable numbers on both sides but generally you'll see um probably more on the detention side or at least 
they hope to have more. Some of them are really struggling now with finding staff and, you know, knock on wood for us, we're, we're doing okay. Um, and then, of course, in the news last week, a little bit, you hearing things about Ramsey County Sheriff's Office and some challenges they're having and and the health and well-being of, of the detainees is is the number one thing that we we are charged with and responsible for in that way. So, um, you know, they're having some challenges there and we're actually going to be helping them out so that uh, they can try to get things sorted out up there. So when you say helping them out, you mean some of the inmates that would be or detainees because yeah, yeah, they're not inmates yet. We can't convicted. call them inmates until they're they're convicted. Convicted, <laughs> yeah. Well, we yeah. all found that trap. You get used to the lingo. I know. I so, know. so some folks from St. Paul might be transferred down to Rochester to right. stay right. in our jail. Okay. Yeah, and then and that's that's the other big challenge on that is, you know, it, it just is a shifting of responsibilities. So. Now those people, so very likely the ones we're going to get because we're so far away. There's there's other sheriffs up around the metro that are going to also be helping them out with with housing detainees to get them down to a workable number, according to what they have for staffing. That's the whole goal here. Um, so we will very likely get people that are um, either been sentenced, so they're they're people that are don't have to go to court on a routine basis because if they do. Ramsey County's then got to be coming down here, picking them up, bringing them back, back and forth. And so it's it it doesn't shift the responsibility. I mean, the day-to-day part of it, we take that on and they'll they'll pay us for that. Um, you know, and you know, food and clothing and all the things that we have to take care of for them, their health care and all that stuff. Um, but then Ramsey County's gotta provide transport staff or deputies off the road then to come down and pick them up and take them back and forth to court. So um, it doesn't get rid of all of the challenges that go along with those kind of things uh, but let me, yeah, this way. Let me ask you about that, Kevin. Uh, with all the new technology now uh, for some of these court hearings, I see on the docket often it says Zoom session. Are, are they doing more of the video? They're, they're doing more in the early part of it. So bail hearings, things that don't require a lot of, you know, there's no evidentiary stuff that's going on. Our judges have, have we've been trying to get them to do that for a long time because it, it helps us out. But then when COVID hit, we didn't have a choice. So we were forced into this. Now the situation is we don't have a great way to do it. We still have to move our detainees from their units to, we take them um, to another part of the detention uh, secured area where they sit in a little tiny um, visiting room, basically on a laptop. And that's where they are sit when they do the zoom hearing with the judge. Um, the judge is usually in their chambers and, you know, the, everybody else is, you know, from yep. their offices and whatever. So those are usually when um, it's bail hearings, initial hearings, things like that. Uh, when it gets time for evidence, omnibus hearings, uh, uh, maybe the Rule 20s, you know, the mental health kind of things and other stuff, um, I think they're having those be in person. Okay. Um, so we're kind of back to something more like a hybrid way of doing court. And obviously all trials and things like that are all in person now. And our courts are backed up. And uh the state uh, court folks were are, have told Olmsted County District Court we need to get get going on our trials and our uh, people that are waiting for trial. 
um, both because they're in custody and also because there's a lot of people outside that need to report in and, you know, handle their cases, um, which is another challenge on our end because if they don't show up, now that's a warrant. So now we got to go get them and find them and, you know, just adds to the uh, the extra work that we do. But um, we're, we're ramping up. And uh, so you're right, Ramsey County, if they wanted to, we could help them out if there's some Zoom hearings that they wanted to do here. We certainly could kind of answer that if that happens. So, yeah. So when we're talking about the staffing levels of the jail and the state cracking down on Beltrami and Ramsey County last week, I guess when they're talking about the health and safety of the detainee, why is it so important to have that staffing level up to the whatever prescribed level? I, well, could, yeah. could you just, what is it about it makes it more dangerous for everybody involved? Well, it's number one, first and foremost, it's the well-being checks. Um, that's the number one thing that we talk about with our detention staff. I mean, this is the amazing piece of this, and, I, and this doesn't get talked about enough. Every 20 minutes, we need to have a, this is the standard by the DOC and, um, you know, the, 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 the federal folks. Every 20 minutes, uh, a detention deputy has to physically count every single person or see them in, even overnight. They have to look and be sure that that detainee is in their room, in their cell if it's overnight, and breathing um, and okay. And we have found that a few times. I mean, recently we we discovered a guy in his 50s who had some medical issues. And unfortunately, he just stopped breathing in his sleep. Um, detention deputy found him. It hadn't been very long because you know, he'd just done a well-being check and he'd come back around and, you know, terrible things happen. And um, so those well-being checks are the key. And if you don't have the staff to do it, um, to do those on that routine basis of 20 minutes. And generally, our people are doing it even faster than 20 minutes. Um, uh, so because they're capable of doing that, um, especially when we maybe, you know, during COVID, we had lower numbers. So it was a lot easier during COVID because we had fewer people in, in the detention facility and we still had our, our same amount of staff. Um, so that's the number one piece is the well-being checks. But that's the amazing thing. We we have a standard. It's 100% well-being checks every shift, every day, every month, every year. So that amounts to thousands of well-being checks, and we can't miss a one. And granted, there's times you have an emergency or something happens some other part of the unit. We might get late on them, and we it's not about that they get missed. They're late. Um, but then you then take it to the real world. Take it to athletics you know and we we hail kirk cousins because he's uh 70 on his passes we kirby puckett's a hall of famer and will always be remembered for being a 300 hitter yet he got out seven times every out of every 10 times he got to bat and he used to talk about that i'm not a hero i'm more a failure than i am a hero <laughs> and, and he was right but it's the standard we set and the standard we set is a hundred percent and you know Man, um, that's an amazing thing to to realize that it's not just one well-being check on one detainee; it's potentially 42 in a 42-bed unit. 
Yeah. And and for, so there's 42 every 20 minutes. That just think about the numbers. I it just boggles my mind to even start doing the. Well, math. then you look at Ramsey and their facility is much larger. Yeah, they're talking five to six hundred detainees. Hennepin County, same thing. Wow. Um, and the standard is the same in in the prisons, the state prisons, where they have thousands of people. Um, man, you know that's it's an incredible standard we're expecting of of our people, um, and they accept it. They know it. They accept it. They know the responsibility that they have, and and I just applaud them every day. But it just doesn't get talked about enough. Um, so, be, so even at the state prison level, it's every twenty minutes. Yeah, they have to I keep track of them. Wow. Track of them. They got to be know where they're at every second of every day. Wow. And uh, you know, it, obviously, we want to keep them where they need to be because, for whatever reason, the judge and courts have decided that they they can't be out in society. So uh, it's a it's a very important piece of what we do as sheriffs around the state. Um, and I just can't applaud our our staff enough on the work they do. Devin, we have to take a break. So we'll do that real quick. We'll come back with more of Sheriff Kevin Torgerson. It's Rochester Today, News Talk 1340, KROC AM, and 96.9 FM. Mike Kappel here, serial entrepreneur. Woody Brownell on News Talk 1340, KROC AM, and 96.9 FM with Sheriff Kevin Torgerson. And uh, we're going a little bit over the annual report, but we get, yeah. I'm interested in the, the sidelines more than I am the report. But yeah, I was looking over some of the numbers and... It's it's interesting to see what the deputies are spending their time doing. Yeah, oh, it is, and and you got to look at that. People look at it and go, oh, they did that many this or that or whatever. Think about the amount of time in there. And somebody asked me the other day, um, and I should do this before we run out of time, and I'll start yakking away about something and change three different lanes here quickly. <laughs> um, but the annual report, it's on our website, it's on our news, on our Facebook pages, all our social media. Um, it's, it's, uh, really, uh, you know, it's comprehensive, it's high level. It's not really into the weeds, but it does give you some numbers and it gives you, you know, thinking about what our people are doing. So, yeah, you, you were talking about, um, you know, what the, uh, the calls for service are and the types of calls. I mean, it, right off the top, it was 10,600 traffic stops. Um, every traffic stop, generally, you want to make it in about 15 minutes, but that doesn't add in the DUIs. A DUI is usually like three hours to, from start to finish with um, taking care of the things at the scene, the car, to going to, to uh, maybe to the hospital because they can't or refuse to, to take a breath test. So they got to give blood. So you got to have a lobotomist deputy come in and do the blood draw. Can't be the same deputy. Um, you know, so it's just a lot of time gets rolled into these things. You know, um, paper services, 4,920. What is um, paper services? That's that's a responsibility of the sheriff's office. So it's our civil division going out and serving papers. Okay. So it could be a, a, a harassment restraining order. Um, you know, it could be uh, some kind of foreclosure information. Sure. Other kind of paper notices that are civil related that people have to uh, show cause for why they can't pay their bill. And, and uh, their, their complainant, uh, the plaintiff is asking them to come to court because they haven't paid a bill. And now they're saying, we, I can't get this done any other way. They've got, they owe me $5,000 or something. And uh, you know, I'm going to have the judge make sure they do it. And then, then what happens is they garnish the wages or they, sure. they 
like if it's a it's a, it's a business, uh, say it's a restaurant or something, we have those kind of things every now and again. Um, it's called till tapping. It's it's kind of a kind of a risky thing in a sense, or it sounds kind of skunky in a, in a bit. But our deputies walk into a into a business and they have a paper, and the court says, "Open your till." And we take money out of the till and we turn it back to the court to pay the bill. And that money then gets paid back to the person that they owe their bill with. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a whole different game. And that people, does not sound like a fun task to have no, to deal it can with. No, it can be really tense at times. Um, people pretty upset and, you know, they have their reasons and sometimes they're not very good reasons for why they're not paying their bills. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's paper service. So 4,000, almost 5,000 of those. And again, we weren't fully up to speed with, with civil stuff because they weren't doing civil hearings. They were only doing coming right. out of COVID. We were only doing the pe- people crimes and the things like that. So, um, the paper service stuff is, uh, there's a backlog in that too. And, you know, I never just, even thought of that, Kevin. Think about the people who had child support payments yeah. due, had yeah. this, that, and that all got frozen yep. in time for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we get, the deputy will go to a business and uh, garnish wages. There will be a paper there that goes to the, the uh, you know, you walk right in and, you know, you try not these things. It's, you know, it's so can be so intense, but child support is a big deal. Um, and, uh, you might go to the, the business owner and say, do you got, uh, you know, John Doe working for you? And they go, yeah, John Doe works for us. He's out in business right now. Well, we don't need to go see him, but here's a paper to you telling you from the court that you have to take, you know, 200 bucks out of his paycheck every month to, to pay the court, which then turns the money over to the, the plaintiff or the, you know, the, the other parent or whatever the deal is, yeah, whatever's being worked on. And, you know, that's the stuff our people do. And so that's, the other... uh, that's by required by statute. It's not, not me saying this is what we want to do. Hey, we'll right. do that. Uh, that's required by state statute. So the sheriffs are responsible for that to serve those papers of the court. The third highest one is assist. What is meant by assist? That could be anything. That's kind of a catch-all. It, a okay. lot of times it may be a traffic assist. Um, so a vehicle stalled in the road or, or okay. uh, you know, different things like that. It, it's, it really kind of is a, a catch-all. It could be um, somebody's fallen and can't get up at home, and we go and assist the fire department to help with that. Or, or the cows sure got out of the pasture. Yeah, and a lot of times, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've done those too. Um, that's what we get, you know. Those are those are kind of fun little rodeos sometimes out there. <laughs> Especially when you get some of our deputies who didn't grow up on the farm or out, you know, their kids out of the metro and stuff or somewhere else and they've never been around, you know, a 2,000-pound cow and, you know, especially a beaver that's got a way of their own. They, they kind of have a mind of their own, too. So. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, they have no clue how to hurt a cow or do whatever. But, um, you know, they learn pretty quick. <laughs> well, it's I encourage everybody to go look at it because it's, it's interesting and a bit eye-opening. But we're out of time. You have another yeah. place to be at, and uh, the do. show goes on. So... Kevin, thanks a lot for sharing uh, your time with myself and our listeners, and we'll talk again in a few weeks. And I, I get a lot of a lot of thanks when I go out and about, Andy. Uh, people really listen to this show, so thank yeah. you to you for 
setting this up and doing this. And uh, thank you to all the people out there that actually do listen. It's not just you and me talking. (laughs) There's people listening. It's amazing. I appreciate that. Trust me. Very, very (laughs) much. All right. That's Sheriff Kevin Torgerson. It's Rochester Today. News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. I'm Martin Hope, the inventor of Navage Nasal Care, and I 